the no fly list. Um, as, as far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. If you want that list, that list, list. The most problematic thing is, is that any, any, anyone can be under the investigation of the FBI. FBI, FBI. FBI, FBI. And I know that something really good is going to come out of all of this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another week of the No Fly List, where we talk to comedians, artists, musicians, and other cool and interesting people of color. I'm Athir. I'm a mama. And today we had Gabe Pacheco, comedian, friend, a producer of a show, also now recently has a podcast. Wonderful human being. So wonderful to talk to. Yes. He's just like a, he was a very positive energy. Started off by bringing us snacks, which was very nice. That was really nice. He was like one of the first guests to do that. Yes. He was like a brown mom. Yes, he was. He um, really was. And we were the ones that showed up late. He's like here, like we waiting. We did. I forgot ready. about that. He was like here with snacks and water. So shout out to Gabe. Have him on your podcast. He's the best. He's uh, been doing stand-up forever in New York. Like um, He started out here. Uh, his family is Mexican, and we talk about what that means being, you know, Mexican from Mexico versus like Mexican American and the Chicano culture. And so I was really, um, you know, educated about that. Yeah, and he's also just like so smart in his like in how he like views the world. So we also yeah. like really talked about like relationships and like what he wants out of life. And he shared how he spent uh, the beginning part of COVID uh, with his fiance. Um, or ex-fiance. Living yeah. together after breaking up, like, oof, I can't imagine. I mean, no we talked about how I was engaged too and like, uh-uh, it was from day one. Like, no, thank God it didn't happen during the pandemic, but I can't even imagine having to like be in a relationship, live with under the same roof with someone during a lockdown who you've exactly. broken up with. Exactly, oh my God, no way. Going from wanting to spend your life with them to, uh, yeah, not. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I don't know how he did it, but- uh, He's a saint. Out, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Gabe for being uh, really mature for doing that. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah, he's really mature. He's really mature, like he's like 20, you know? <laughs> Um, but he is. He just has like a very interesting uh, view on the world and it's it, it, very inclusive yeah. um, view. And we talk about how our cultures overlap a lot. Um, they do. And uh, I think we've like seen that with a lot of our guests. Absolutely. All of our cultures like really do overlap. But this was just, he's just such a fun and light and warm person. So this episode was just fantastic. Yeah. I think it's like very funny and informative at the same time, yes. which I always love these kind yeah. of episodes and why we're here. <laughs> Um, but before we get to that, let's uh, start with our segment, the No Fly List, No Fly List, where we talk about people that we think should be uh, on our shit list, people who shouldn't fly instead of innocent brown people and Muslims uh, like ourselves. So, Amama, who do we have this week? We have the entire state of Texas for just enacting so many laws that are really fucked up one week after the other. It's kind of like... Texas is just being its own little fascist uh, state right now. Seriously, from uh, suppressing uh, women's rights with abortions to yes. birth control to now coming down on transgender teens and kids in school over sports. And yeah. It's absolutely absurd and uh, I guess not surprising. Now, I know like certain pockets of Texas are more liberal than others. We're like, but Austin. Okay. Austin aside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think right I think right now, just like the entire state of Texas can um, 
be on the no-fly list. All the Seriously, go- all honestly, the governors. They're always doing something. W is from there. That's yeah, I forgot about reason. that. He was on our no-fly list not too long ago. Um, but He's yeah. an awful person. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, Texas sucks. Sorry. Yeah. Honestly, what have you done? What have you done, Texas? And yeah, it's, it's super fucked up. And uh, I hope they uh, wake up and stop suppressing people one day. But until then, you're not allowed to fly, Texas. You hear that? You're not allowed to fly. Also, it's just funny how Texas thinks it's its own, like, country. Texas is its own country, though, because Texas um, Supreme Court really passes everything that's really fucked up. That's, that's the biggest so true. problem. From the death penalty. Yeah, like saying, Texas, <laughs> Texas has been its own country for like a very long time. And I think now that people are realizing that Texas is like passing a lot of this shit, they're like, oh yeah, we've like let some of these people go unchecked because they keep electing the same horrible people who now have gotten so much power. It's kind of like how New York sometimes seems like its own. Like, yeah. yeah, so that's why people, when they advocate for states' rights, it is like Texas is... Very much its own country. That's true. Should we annex Texas? We should. We should annex Texas. We should annex Florida, especially. Oh Maybe God. we should have we Florida. Put them together. Yeah. Can we move? Yeah. Can we just? We like, should. Have them oh my as God. That would country. be. Oh, that would be awful, man. Also, though, if you do live in Texas and you listen, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Chances are you're not. Uh, you're not. Yeah. Republican uh, and anti women's rights and every right uh, minorities and. People like us. So I'm so sorry if you live in Texas. <laughs> um, I've been there. It's actually lovely in certain parts. But uh, yeah. Yeah. but um, I wouldn't live there. No. Well, I, whether or not you live in Texas, please listen to Gabe's episode. He's so wonderful. He's so kind. And have him on your podcast if you're a comedian because he will bring you snacks. Yes. And check out his podcast, Halal Cartels. Thanks. All right. Welcome, Gabe. Best guest ever is what we decided. He Gabe, brought snacks. Gabe bought snacks. And I'm he eating right now. He got here right before now. us. <laughs> he also listened to episodes. Yeah, before, you. Li- I saw and- Gabe on Friday, and he was like, "I'm on this episode," and I was like, "I don't think any other guest has ever listened to an episode." So. Yeah, yeah. Well, chance favors the prepared, you know. <laughs> like, I, I, I showed up here early uh, so I could check out the market, you know, because I get anxiety traveling now, even to Manhattan um, after uh, everything, after the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I can't yeah. imagine why. <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I brought snacks with me, and, and then I got here early so I could walk around. I haven't been to this market. I love this market. So Shout nice. out Canal yeah. Street Market for having us yeah. Yeah. here. It's so dope if you haven't checked it out. I actually didn't know if it was going to be plug. open today, too. <laughs> So yeah. I was a little nervous because it is a really cool market and it's like a nice, I also get really anxious traveling in general Yeah, um, and I'm trying to like ease into it. But yeah, especially to Manhattan, I don't know what it is, but like the anxiety is there. So n- now that I've done this so many times, I don't come early anymore yeah. as I should. This was my first time commuting in from Brooklyn oh, from a new spot. Yeah. It was great. What, tra- what trains are you near now? By the J. Mm. Oh, so that was quick uh, then. It was yeah. quick. Yeah. Just like one stop. Yep. Uh, one I mean, one train. Yeah. So it was the same distance from the Upper East Side, but it felt different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy for you. Uh, having Me listened too. to past episodes and knowing you lived on the Upper East Side, I was, I thought, oh, what, I know. A, what a cursed location. And it's now. It's very weird. It was like a lot of old people and <laughs> it felt like a retirement home. Uh, I it was just so far from It was everything. far. Yeah. And now 
I'm always in Brooklyn for shows and stuff, so it, it just made sense. Yeah. yeah. Before the G train uh, was as fast, it's faster now than it was. I've been in New York for like 18 years. Oh, and wow. so the G train used to be the worst train. Oh, I remember. I would break up with people who lived off of ba- inconvenient trains. Yeah. yeah. Yo, that's, <laughs> I can only date people who like live in Crown Heights at this point or who are on the like, two, three, four, five line. I don't know why I said where I live, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's general enough, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so where did you move from? Where did I? I well, I was raised in Washington D.C., so I lived in a city uh, my whole childhood, and then after college, I moved to New York, and so I am an East Coast city kid. Yeah, oh, wait, that's you know, really cool. I'm not a New Yorker. I'd never say that, but yeah. I've spent my entire adult life here. Did you start comedy in D.C.? No, no, I started it. I don't know any D.C. Think, comedians. Oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm a New York comedian. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. My first open mic was at Ha Comedy Club in Times Square, R.I.P. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dinosaur. You're no I am. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the last. Right. You know how the, the, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, every time I see, like, chickens now on the street, I go, oh, you evolved from, like, a T-Rex. <laughs> When do you see chickens on the street? Well, you know know what? Uh, I was in Puerto Rico about a month ago, and actually in San Juan, uh, the streets are lousy with roosters and chickens. Yes, that's true. Okay, it's not in Williamsburg. I was thinking. No. There probably is. There probably is. Someone's growing. Someone has a Farming, growing chickens, whatever. uh, Farming, yeah. Farming, yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn's changed a little bit. There used to be more uh, Pollo Vivo spots. Oh, yeah. Now it's just like cafes and stupid shit. I, I like have this like active campaign of like not letting white people move into my area. And um, it's not working because more and more coffee places are popping up. And every day I'm like, God damn it, they're winning. I've been having moral <laughs> qualms about moving to Brooklyn. Be like, am I a gentrifier? I'm like, I'm not white. I'm Palestinian. And I'm like, if anyone asks, I'm a refugee. <laughs> yeah. As long as you just don't uh, encourage any white people to move to Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah I yeah, like yeah. The, the irony of a Palestinian being a settler colonizer. Yeah. Right. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about it. I'm like, I feel... Bad, kind of, but also, yeah, I'm I'm not white. I think of all the people you don't, you could, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, if you didn't want me here, I mean, there's people you could talk to about their policies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey. (laughs) Uh, So you grew up in D.C. and your family... You said it's from Mexico? Yeah, so my dad, uh, he, well, you know, uh, I'd say we're Chicano. And what that that word, uh, it's like an older word, but it basically is just like we are uh, Mexicans of Mexico. We're of Mexican descent living in the United States. Mm. But, um, you know, Mexico, U.S. used to be Mexico a lot, yeah. big parts of yep. it. So in the uh, internal colonization is a word that sometimes gets thrown mm. around. Mm-hmm. Uh, land grabs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Texas yep. was once part of Mexico. Yep. And my dad... His family is from uh, northern Mexico, right around the, the Texas border. And so he was born here in the U.S. and then spent his first five years in Mexico. He just got my, parent, my grandparents were migrant workers. Okay. So you can't really take a kid around with you when you're doing stuff in fields. Yeah. No. And so they dropped him off with his um, grandma. And then when he was five, uh, my grandparents came back to the village that he was, my grandma was in. My great-grandma and was like, hey, where are your parents? And, like, brought him back oh, to, damn. to the U.S. So, you know, he, even though he's an American citizen, like, he, he only spoke Spanish for his first five years and then had to go through the whole immigration, like, be, being kind of like yep, a recent yeah. immigrant. 
experience. That's kind of, I mean, I was very young. To, I don't, I was born in Alabama and then I moved to Palestine when I was six months <laughs> right. until I was five and then moved yeah. back to Alabama, not knowing English either and uh, just having to like exactly. start You're like over. Alabama anchor baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most people, most, a lot of the brown people I know are anchor babies. I, would, I mean, my is, parents, yeah. yeah, there are a lot, but my, I have uh, two older brothers, so they are more anchor. Ba- Actually, my parents got their citizenship before. It was so easy back in the seventies. It's not like now. Right. They were just passing, you know, handed it out to everyone. But, but yeah, <laughs> they're like, you get to be. A yeah, you get. A, and I remember some family members, like on principle, were like, like my aunt had a chance to be American. She was like, nope, I'm Palestinian. I'm. All, I'm like, I'm all people. Palestinians should have gotten like you should have taken advantage of another citizenship. Yeah. But she was like, nope, like just on principle. I'm like, well, uh, it would have been easier now, but uh, if you had it, but now it's like almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, with all my my grand- mom was an immigration lawyer before she retired. So you know, growing up in DC, I was always surrounded uh, by people from other countries uh, leaving some terrible situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But uh, but because of that, it gave me this sort of um, uh, international consciousness, yeah. or just like an understanding that like the world is radically different yeah. outside of um, the city of DC and outside of the, the US. Yeah. Also, I think, like, being around, I think, especially, like, in, like, my white friends, like, this past weekend when I, like, said something about, like, a September 11th story, they're like, whoa. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot, like, you don't experience anything. <laughs> you don't remember. Like, you're always just surrounded by other white people. So, yeah. like, your, your, like, experience is so different. But, like, my cousin's an immigration lawyer. So, it's like, I've heard stories. I haven't been around her yeah. clients, but I've heard so many stories. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's a bad situation so uh my my experience with september 11th very it was i was i flew to santiago chile in on september 9th and i was looking to uh work as an english tutor um down there just for like four or five months so i'm in an internet cafe uh trying to print out my resume on september 11th that morning and that's when i saw the towers get hit uh on a screen in this internet cafe and uh, that was also the day that the ch- I was like, this is the most traumatic experience ever that's been inflicted on the U.S. or by the... And then this by Chilean the guy, right, and this... By the... By, by George the Bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the CIA. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but then the Chilean guy uh, who ran the cafe was like, uh, let me tell you about 1973, which was when the CIA uh, helped back uh, Pinochet's coup against Salvador Allende, the democratically elected socialist president of Chile. So we'd already 9-11 Chile. Yeah. yeah, I was in sixth grade, but I just remember like growing up with like all my cousins are like older activists. Yeah. So like one of them had said something, well, like the chickens have like come home to roost or whatever. And I remember being like, what does that mean? And then years later, I was like, oh, the United States has 9-11 every country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh so, or like, it's so funny, you know, I grew, growing up in the 80s and uh, watching all these Rambo movies, Rambo 3, in Rambo 3, Rambo goes to Afghanistan to fight with the Mujahideen against the Soviets. Wait, really? And Whoa. then, the, yeah, so he's like on horseback with all of these, uh, like, pre uh, precursors of the Taliban. They're not the Taliban, it was yeah. the, Mujah- the the freedom fighters. And um, the, the last credit in the movie is this is, uh, this film is dedicated to the br- proud freedom fighters of the Mujahideen. Wow. So That's wild. Because yeah. at that moment in time, in the mid-80s, we were against the Russians who were in uh, course, Afghanistan yeah. at that moment. 
So look, everyone tries to conquer Afghanistan, <laughs> but the moral is, uh, yeah. don't. <laughs> nah, man. You've just destroyed people's lives, and that, US that also just needs to stay out of foreign yeah. politics. My, my like aunt said some sort of like prophecy about like Afghanistan and how like no one like can ever like con- like I forgot what it was when I was like younger. Like when they when we went to war, she was like, nope, like nothing will happen. She was like, we're just destroying the lives of everyone, but like nothing will come out of this. And I was like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what war is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you look at uh, aerial videos of uh, views of Afghanistan and you're like, it's just a, it's like an inhospitable terrain. Yeah. You know, there are very few roads. There's not yeah. really, I mean, why even try to take it over? Exactly. Just let, it, let them chill, let them let cook. Let it be. Uh, yeah. 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 Let the Khyber Pass be. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you, you hadn't moved to New York at that point, right? Because that was 20 years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I moved to New York right after that. Oh, yeah. How long were you in Chile? Uh, I was there for five months. Okay. And I've been to Santiago. It has the yeah. largest, or Chile has the largest Palestinian population outside of Palestine. Oh, wow. So I'd run into people and be like, yeah, my grandfather is Palestinian. Like a lot of refugees like went to like Latin America and um, I had family kind of all over, not in Chile, but Nicaragua. Panama, uh, Colombia, my grandfather lived there. So there is like this uh, total kind of, it's understanding, mutual understanding. I mean, our cultures in general, I guess any non-white culture, you could sort of relate. We're like family oriented and like it's about food and like there's actual (laughs) culture. So it's kind of interesting how like we actually have way more in common with each other than so this was like you know I've got this uh, Samir Nassim is my uh, co-host oh yeah yeah. Samir's so dope Samir is great yeah Funhouse Comedy we gotta have him on too I love Samir he just has the best vibes yeah Yeah. so we've been running a live show together for five six years now and uh, every show we do up front together so we've always been uh, we always talk together up front and then we decided to turn that into a podcast recently called uh, well the idea of the podcast was we've both been doing comedy for over 10 years and uh, my thought is that no one is ever going to hand you uh, a career. No one's right. ever going to, like, cast no. you. No one's for ever going to sure. find you. Yeah. So you really have to, like, center yourself in the narrative. And for me, I was like, okay, dude, I'm a Latino comedian who's been doing comedy in New York. Uh, i am got an education and history background, and I'm a lefty in politics. You're a Muslim, Indian, uh, stoner who's <laughs> been doing – who's a marketing maven, doing comedy forever. Why don't we – uh, come up with a podcast to center ourselves, like um, because we have more in common when we think of what you were saying, Athir, with this idea of like people from the global south is kind of how I look mm-hmm, at yeah. everyone who's yep. like uh, not part of white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we so we're products of the global south. He and I, who now live in the center of empire. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> a falling empire. Too. Yeah, a crumbling empire. A cr- it's so cool to live in a. To see the empire just absolutely <laughs> the, crumble. Yep. The decadent last yep. days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was like, let's call, you know, let's call our podcast Halal Cartels. Oh, my God. I love the name. I love this. I love yeah. this. Did it, you start recording yet? Yeah, or? we've got, we're uh, 13 episodes in. Lucky 13. Yay. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Guys, check it out. We have to check it out, too. That's yeah. great. Halal Cartels. Yeah. I love a good... Uh, when I fun. when I when I when you guys had posted the name, yeah, I was like, "This is fantastic! You've just combined, like the yep, the two. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Well, because you know, so many. I think there's a lot of uh, shows that um, lean more into identity or uh, uh, on its own, and I have no problem with identity. Yeah. But what I think of is like a lot of those stories. Um, a lot of identity uh, alone uh, strips us from class and strips us from like 
colonization. Yes. So like, if somebody's like, well, what does it mean to be like Latino or like Hispanic or like from Latin? I'm like, well, the one thing we all have in common is we're all the products of um, Spanish imperialism. Mm-hmm. That's what we have in common. Yeah. It's not like that we all eat tacos or that yeah. like our moms beat us with sandals. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those are cool jokes, yeah. but they're not the the the, 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 jo- yeah. the real thing that's that that is our issue. Yeah. We're all products of generational trauma. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We are. And also in terms of like classism too, it's like I've met so many brown people that are like so classist and like buy into the white supremacy model oh, definitely. that I'm just like definitely we can't mm, also act like our own people no, can't they, be self-hating yeah. and very like uh, collab to, <laughs> yeah. yeah try to fit in into you know they're white doing culture because they think that's yeah they're, the, they're the like in the early days of colonization they would be like the brown people who would be like yes British person I'm like your your, your man I'll say and tell on whoever uh, collaborators <laughs> collaborators yeah, yeah. <laughs> snitches <laughs> Well, like, so, you know, I dated, I was dating a, a, a white woman, um, you yep. know, it, we all make mistakes at different times. <laughs> yeah, it happens. And, uh, and her family was very well-intentioned. She had a very uh, nice uh, family who, um, I went to visit them for a holiday and they knew my family was from Mexico. And so they kept like uh, trying to talk to me about it. And I was like, I don't want to talk about any of this. And on the TV, they were watching a TV show, uh, a TV show. So Did t- they start putting in subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it was, uh, well, the show was called a uh, remake of one day at a time. So one day, to, the reason I bring it up one day at a time is about a single mom with like uh, some kids. And, uh, the, the superintendent is like the goofy Kramer character who like helps them out. So they are manifest as a family unit. But, like, without a real dad. So, the remake is a Colombian... Uh, no, sorry. A Cuban uh, refugee family living in L.A. Mm-hmm. With a white hipster uh, as the landlord. Who's very ignorant of their culture. So, it's like this, this Lat- Latino culture celebration sitcom. And that we're sitting down watching it. And uh, even though these well-meaning white people... They have, like, a Black Lives Matter poster outside their yeah. house. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. But, yeah. but they live with a bunch of, like, but next yeah. to, like, all Trump, like, yeah. affluent Trump people. Oh, wow. So uh, they're looking at me, and they're like, yeah, this shows this is a good show, right? And I, like, whisper to the girl, like, next to me, my partner at the time, and I was like, yo, these Latinos would have all voted for Trump. Yeah. Because these, like, the, these are, like, affluent Cubans. Yep. Right. So it's like, just because we all speak, like, Spanish doesn't mean that, t- like, yeah. or, like, I'm vibing with any yeah. of what they're yeah. doing. And this show is just for white people because there are no Cuban families in, like, L.A. Yeah, yeah. Right? This show should be centered in Miami. So yep. it's, like, clearly whoever wrote this was not, mm-hmm. did not, like, do a focus group with, uh, like, Latinos. In the yeah, US. that's, like, Raza Aslan's, like, stupid-ass show with, like, the Afghani, <laughs> like, translator and, like, he's living with a military family or something. What? Yeah, it's, it's a real show. And it's, like, it's only white people really watch it. Right. It, it makes them feel better about exactly. everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Colored faces for white people's yeah. uh, be- benefit. Exactly. A lot of, you know, Muslims, I don't know a lot, but I've come across some who voted for Trump. A lot of Republicans, because a lot of them were Republican, like, my, my parents did not. <laughs> but at yeah. some point, I think... Maybe My dad doesn't would've... believe in voting, so you know. He doesn't he vote, yeah. <laughs> no. He comes home from the factory, and I'm like, did you want to vote? And he's like, no. He's like, I've done <laughs> I like, enough. Okay. I was like, honestly, I was like, I kind of agree. I was like, you're you're, you're not going to choose uh, who's more evil. He's like, it's cool. You you stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Who, wait, who's droning us? Great. Right. Yeah. 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 Pa- Papa <laughs> just comes home, and he's just like, I work all day. And I'm like, I get that, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like, I can't yeah. deal with anything else. I, I don't blame him. So was this a partner that you were... 
uh, engaged to? We don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Well, so, uh, you know, when, as, a, as a comedian, you know, as an artist, I'll say, look, partner, we'll just, they're all vague. <laughs> they're all vague. They're yeah. all. Yeah. They're a collection like, of like 10 people. When we're on stage and telling a joke oh, about yeah, somebody, it's, it's like all the people. Everyone. But I, I, I saw you the other day, and I talk about this a lot on stage because I was engaged like a couple of years yeah. ago, and I have a lot of jokes about it. I remember when we... Last time I saw you before the pandemic, you were also engaged. So I'm always like fascinated. Yeah. Talk to the fellow, uh, almost got there, but then. I was engaged. Totally. Yeah. I was engaged. And uh, this is actually, we uh, broke it off right before the pandemic. So March 1st. Ooh. And then, because we live in New York and we were living together in an apartment and there's money and things like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, that. you know, uh, we will loosely be living in the same place until April 1st. <laughs> Fool's Day, baby. Oh, no. So you all know how things started yeah. working out. And I had all this money now because I d wasn't going to get married. So there's yeah. no, no wedding money. So I get LASIK on like March uh, what third? <laughs> oh, my God. I, That's and, your first splurge. I yeah. love that. Yo, glow up. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to upgrade. Get ready to get yeah. back out there. And just doing things that, you know, I was like, oh, I don't. It's all, you know, when you break up with someone or they break up with you, there is this freedom too, this liberation yeah, where you're like, I am absolutely. on my own. I'm going to live alone. I'm going to die alone. I got to make my own choices. Yep. How, you know, why have I waited or put something off that I've always wanted to do? Yeah. Sure. So LASIK was one of those, like, let's take the leap. So I'm in bed, like, like sleeping like a bat, recovering <laughs> from the lasers in my eyeballs. And I got my headphones in because the only media I could consume was podcasts. Yeah. So it's like Democracy Now, Love Amy yep. Goodman and uh, Juan Gonzalez. And they're just talking about uh, like the wet markets in China and like, you know, the rolling um, pandemic that's coming towards us. But it's in China, which is like, OK, that's still really far. And then what was like March 7th, it was like everybody in Italy's grandparents died. Died, yeah. <laughs> ah! So, and then March 10th, <laughs> it yeah. was like, oh, I So, and I'm more of a doomsday prepper than my ex. So I would like, maybe it was like March 14th. I'm still, I'm teaching in a museum that day. And like my coworkers are like having breakdowns, like, cause we we're commuting and we're like, the trains are packed and not everyone's wearing masks yet, but we're hearing about yeah. like the end is coming. Yep. And then I get home and I start buying grape. I buy like all the cereal from the store. I'm like, okay, okay we got to get grape nuts. We got to get yeah. bags of rice. And she's like, whatever. And then the next day, and then the next day, everything shut down. And it was like, she couldn't leave the rental car services. She rented a van to travel across the country. She couldn't, Leave. Yeah. So I was like, I guess you're. I guess we'll just like chill together on this net for net two weeks, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a short little Dude, lockdown. I did days. not. I thought. I yeah. honestly was like, it this was is gonna 90, be. Oh yeah, you have. I heard it was, you have yeah. a very funny joke <laughs> about ninety day ex fiance. That's right. <laughs> so <I love> hilarious. <laughs> Three months with her in this apartment. Uh, you know? it's, it's post breakup or was it like? Yeah. Kind of like we're no. still kind of together. Uh, there were moments where like it could. Of, I think there were moments where she she was like, you know, we could try again. And I was like, I'm really excited about the journey you're on right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm happy with my journey. Uh, a lot of comedians, I don't know how you all felt, but I feel a lot of people were having identity crisis crises over, like, not being able to perform yes, all the time. for sure. Or, like, what am I doing now? And, uh, Who am I now that I'm not getting on stage? What am I? What's the purpose of my life? Yeah, yeah. I have to redefine that. I think. And uh, my way of getting around that, my my sidestep was uh, stand up is a medium, and I'm an artist, and so 
that's just one medium. That's how, so, yep, yeah. So what else can I do to, like, let creativity flow through me? So I was just, like, chilling, lying down on my carpet. Like, I got Miles Davis on. And I, and I bought some bongos beforehand. So I'm, like, banging on <laughs> oh bongos. And just, like, <laughs> just it. hanging out. Like, yeah. it, just whatever I could do to be creative. I was like, I'm just going to read some poetry today. Maybe I'll write some poetry. Who knows? But, like, to get laughs almost felt absurd to think that that was something for me yeah. of any value when there's like uh refrigerator trucks outside. Oh my god, yeah, that was a that was really I dark. was so I was going to visit my parents in Alabama the day before everything shut down. So I was already there and I was like, "Oh, I guess I'll just hang for 2 weeks." And right. ended up staying there for like 4 months, but so I missed out on all of that, but it was also terrifying being so, in Alabama. Yeah. Like, What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Um but I like that attitude and I think that is so important to realize that you're not defined just by one thing. And like you said, if you're an artist, you create, you find ways to create. This medium didn't always exist. There's other ways to channel your creativity, which is really cool. Yeah. Also, um, this is just side note, but uh, Khalid Rahman was a guest and he was telling, uh, we love him, and he was telling me that you guys like would do like these Zoom, like weekly kind of like writing sessions and he was like Gabe really got me through he was like there were just times Aww. where just like you guys would just check in with each other and he was like Gabe really just helped like carry me through it and I was like that is so sweet I was like that's so nice yeah I love Khalid and uh and he inte- he, he went out of his way to be like we should be friends and I do I do that all the time to random people it's so creepy <laughs> I love it yeah. and, and I think uh you know especially after I was with my um, ex for four years, and I think that when you're with somebody, it um, silos or puts horse blinders on you in terms of who you yeah, uh, yeah. hang out same, with because you got to be, yeah. be compatible with their friend groups and all this nonsense. And um, so because of that, uh, once once we were done during the pandemic, I was like, I have to intentionally now rebuild a uh, network of people who I am friends with on a one-on-one basis. Yep. And also, I think, like, so, because, yeah, creativity, like, played, like, a big role. But, like, being in New York at, like, those first four months were so fucking traumatizing. Yeah. But I think, like, it, and only until, like, recently have I, like, started to feel that way. Like, when I heard, like, a siren go off, I was like, ah, oh, I don't like that. Because it was so constant yeah. in our neighborhood, like, constantly, like, going off. And I was like, this is, like, apocalyptic. And a lot of people in other states didn't, like, realize that. Oh my like, God. my friends from Boston would just call and be like, so what's going on? And I would be, like, crying. And they would like, yeah, like you're not the only person crying to us. Like, what's happening? And I'm like, this is bad. But I did really focus on building a community then in my neighborhood because I figured, like, it was at the time that I was like, the government's not there for us. So how can we build, like, a better community with, like, my neighbors? And that was, I think, outside of comedy, the first time I made, like, actual friends who are still, like, really good friends. But I was like, let's, like, get the neighborhood together in the summer. Like, let's do a little barbecue. Let's, like, just sit out on our stoops and talk. Because I think that's all we have right now. Yeah, all these ideas, mutual aid, yeah. uh, helping helping people in your own community. Yeah, and- general striking. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about that with, um, you know, comedy in general. Uh, I've been through a lot of different uh, stages of how stand up has worked in the city, and I just like hate Manhattan now. And all the local shows are so cool. They are, yeah. And I really think that it's. Uh, 
it's totally valid and great to have a show in your neighborhood for your the people that come home to your neighborhood exactly. at night. Yeah. You know, I don't care about entertaining like fintech bros no. in midtown. And also Agreed. like the way that the world works, it's like you will get whatever you want in life. It might take a long time. Also, you never know how it's going to happen, but maybe it's not performing like 17 times a night for people that like your soul isn't like great for right now. Yeah. And I think like there was like a lot of realizations that like came about, but especially around like relationships and community, which was like a really big deal. Um, And even like now going forward, I think the like I just came back from Chicago and all we like talked about was like, how for the first time in so long, all of us got to know each other as like people and not comedians. And we forged a really big bond because it wasn't like, like, oh, it was like really like nice, fun and deep conversations. I was like, I've never had these with any of you. And I know you guys pretty well, but like, why haven't we done this? And it's like, oh yeah, comedy. Right. Oh, well, so with comedy, uh, it's, first off, uh, Chicago, you brought that up. There's a show, um, Sanal. I love her so much. Yeah. Yeah. Her uh, IG is so funny, man. I just love the way she talks. Uh, she's she's hilarious and mesmerizing to watch on IG stories. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she was running a show with Carmen Naidu. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in New York, also very funny, South African comedian. Yeah, we had her on one of our live shows, our last live yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, man. I love the international, man. That's yeah. what I'm all about. <laughs> hey, me too. So yeah. uh, my friend was calling it, you know, there's Mango Bay, but my friend, uh, she was like, oh, you, you just hang out with all these Mango Belt comedians. <laughs> And it was like not the Mango Bay exactly, but just like you know yeah, whatever funny. Global South boys, yeah, right. and girls, the hemis- so funny, yeah, and non-binary pals. Yeah, but you know all of us along the we you do know. have like this this connection, this mutual yeah. kind of understanding. Melanin, and, and, yeah, melanin, <laughs> yeah, that's what it and is. And Sono is one of the realest people I've ever met. Yeah, yeah, she let me crash with her on Thursday because I forgot to get a hotel room. Yeah, and she was like, she was I never even really met her, and she was like, treat my house like your house. I'll be wow. home in a few hours. Want to come out with me? And I was like, That's wow. So yeah. But I love that. So I brought her up because I was thinking about, I was doing Funhouse Zoom shows with Samira once a week on Wednesdays. And one benefit of the pandemic um, for comedy uh, as a medium was uh, connecting with people from all over the country. I was able to book Sanal because she's in Chicago because we're on Zoom. Or I was able to book comedians in LA or Miami or Canada and it was just great to connect with people all over and to realize that um, there's so many friends that I didn't check in with before the pandemic yeah. because, oh, you live in Kansas, so, like, why am I going to talk to you? But now, when I'm stuck at home, to FaceTime somebody who's, like, uh, two time zones away is no more um, difficult than to talk to somebody that lived down the street. Yeah. Because, right. like, we're not, we're, right. we're all just stuck in yep. our little right. prisons. Yeah, and even, like, as the world is opening up, I'm still keeping that, like, FaceTime tradition of, like, calling my friends in Providence. And, yeah. And California and making sure that I have, like, some time with them, like, once a month, one-on-one. Exactly. Um, speaking of relationships, we do have our first segment. Um, it's called Fifty Shades of Brown. Sick. Where you answer a dating question that one of our listeners... Um, has written in. Are you ready to be like a, a guru? I'm here, man. I <laughs> I um, love I love giving advice from the heart for the heart. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You seem like someone that's good at, at giving advice. You seem very thoughtful. Uh, you know, person. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. I don't know what your ex will say. Let's bring her on. Let's no, call her. no. This question comes from Gabe's ex. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you leave me? 
Yeah. Why didn't it work? <laughs> um, um, compromise is important. <laughs> Why didn't you compromise more? <laughs> um, this question is, I think I have feelings for a friend, but I'm not sure I want to ruin the friendship. However, if I don't try, I don't know if I would regret it. Should I tell her that I have feelings for her or should I just let it pass? Um, you cannot let it pass. Mm, you can't let it pass. Well, okay. I mean, it really, it depends. So are you just being her friend because you think uh, that if you're nice that she'll one day uh, want you? I hate that. Because then you're That's not being... Up. Oh, I hate that so much. You're not being authentic. You're not being sincere. So uh, the, I think the best thing to do is uh, <laughs> ask, ask if she'd consider anything romantic with you. Oh, that's a nice that way to put it. That is a nice it. way to put uh, it. Could, yeah, that's yeah. actually a really nice way to yeah, put it. Yeah, I like giving people an out also just be like, does it, so they yeah. just be like, I, I really like you, but I'm just not, I don't feel that way about yeah. you. I, I like that. It's just like, it's a very nice, subtle way to ask without it being like, I'm in love with you. Like, yeah. Really? Because Which is also not. like, so, intense, I was going to say, because you're not though. Like, They're that's not, the thing. Yeah. Like, you, there's differences between being in love and like, having love for someone. Yeah. So sometimes that gets confusing when you're like, oh, this is someone I love, but Mm -hmm. am I in love with them? Because it's a very different thing. So I think saying something like, you know, like, would you ever consider... I've had a friend to me, like, say, like, oh, would you ever consider something romantic? And at the time, I was drunk, and I was like, what? That's so funny. And then, like, years later, he brought it up again. He's like, yeah, it really hurt my feelings. He was like, I was just being, like, real with you, and you, like, laughed at it. And I was like oh my God, I had no idea. Like I just, you asked so late at night and I was like, no, that's silly. Yeah, asking at the wrong time. Yeah, ask, don't don't yeah. ask someone when they're drunk yeah. at 2 a.m. That's Sh- a bad time. Shoot your shot sober. Yeah. <laughs> and do it, uh, and just be an authentic, just be your authentic self. Because here's something I realize is like, if I'm around a woman who, uh, a person, I'm going to say, you know, who I have, uh, who I have feelings for in some way and they are hooking up with someone else or talking about, they're being with someone else. Dude, time is on my side. Like, I don't care. I'm not jealous of that. Yeah. Because it, all, they're, all they're letting me know is that they are sexual beings. Yeah. Which is actually a plus. I don't want to be around somebody that's like uh, a trad prude and think <laughs> that I'm going to be the one to break break that yeah. cycle of, yep. of, of unleash behavior. Unleash the sexual yes. beast. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> You're never going to be the one to unleash her sexual beast. So if, if she's free, if she's talking about sex with you, I mean, there, that could be a way where she's like putting you in a... We're going to use a quote-unquote friend zone. Or it could be a way where she's just, you can be be yourself, let her be herself, and then be like, hey, you know what? A romantic escapade is an option. Yeah. It's on the table. Also, I would venture and also say, ask someone who has slept with so many of her friends, um, <laughs> sometimes you really do have to be like, am I, like, do I actually have feelings? Or, like, is this person just such a great person to be with? And right now, I just don't have the capacity to think about it. So instead, let me continue to date and see other people and just see what I'm up to mm-hmm. and see, like, what I actually like. Because to, to like, just be focused on one single person, I guess maybe in my head, I'm like, there's just more than one person for everyone. So it's, like, to be focused on that one single person is just going to be detrimental and, to your yeah. mental health, too. Yeah. So why, like, just look out for yourself, too, and be like, hey, look, I've had feelings for all of the friends that I've slept with but at some point like now a lot of us are just very good friends and it's like we don't sleep together anymore we're just like remember the time that we haha so funny but it's just like it took a while for me to be like do I actually like this person and some of them I had weird things with 
Read the room, though. Like, when you think, before you ask somebody if they have romantic feelings. If they've given you zero inclination, and you can feel, like, sometimes people really are That's not right. good at, t- yeah. like, tuning in. Like, it doesn't, just be a little bit more intuitive. Sometimes you can tell this person ha- just by body language, just like you can bring up subtle things. And if they're not like, you know, catching on to yeah. that and they're not giving you anything, then, you know, you should know on some level and a person is definitely like not interested. interested. Like I was joking my friend yesterday, like maybe like guys like don't shoot your shot all the time. <laughs> maybe sometimes yeah. you shouldn't. Read the room. And again, if you get rejected, yes, it hurts. You can sit with it. But there's no need to be, like, rude or obnoxious. And just remember, it's not like you. Like, just fucking figure it out. Yeah, dude, don't take it personal. Just, A, I love what you're saying. Don't take it personal. Yeah, you know, just don't it take just, it personal. It wasn't the right time. And uh, also, learn. yeah, reading the room is what you said. I always think about, like, body language and cues. And it's yeah. like, are they making eye contact with you? Is right. there smiling? Are they nodding? Are their like, hands yeah. folded and to themselves and not point any way in your direction? Because, like, I... This has happened to me. I mean, all of us, like, sometimes guys are like, yeah, I should just shoot my shot. But I've given no inclination. I've been, like, very reserved and very, like, yeah, arms folded, kind of, like, giving nothing. And then they're like, so is it? I'm like, what? I, like, I understand. That feels like more about them just being like, let me just make sure. Let me just add, Let me just try instead of this person is giving me, like, vibes that they don't want to be messed with at all. And so also respect that if yeah. they give you, like, a strong kind of, yeah. like, no, we are strictly friends. Because there are nonverbal ways that people will communicate that. So just be a little bit more in tune to it. Um, and uh, for me, it's like now in my life, I uh, have learned that a lot of relationships that have not worked out have been um, because the, my partner wanted something different than I wanted mm-hmm. and was not listening to me throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Like, or I was a coward and didn't say exactly what I wanted. Yep. Which is... Now, when I meet people, I'm like, I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. I don't want to live together. So I'm a lifelong bachelor who is an artist who wants to meet people and make friends. And if those friendships happen to be romantic, amazing. So if I'm coming into the world with that, Mm -hmm. then there's no way that we can have a miscommunication. And I'm also letting people know, like, what's available, what's on the table. Yeah. You know, and and uh, being a performer, being in, but like I've never been on the apps. Um, never, I've never eaten oh, appetizers. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh yeah, I you said apps, and I'm not even kidding. I like got hungry, and even yeah. I just. <laughs> oh my god. But it's like uh, I was swiping on my way over here. But. We have, we have the luck to be on stage, and maybe it's different for a male performer and like a female performer. But uh, but for me, it's like. People, my problem is, is on, I've only met people in bars or who have seen me perform already or who. Yeah. So because of that, it's like they have an impression of who I am. And it's up to me at that point to be like, no, these are the things I want. Yeah. I've had a lot of dudes. Um, I've, I've fucked a lot of dudes after shows. And sometimes when I'm doing crowd work, I'm like, I'd fuck you. And then afterwards, they're like, here's my number. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then my thing now is to be like, okay, like, so also like. There's some things that I like and I'm not like, if, especially if I'm not in like a stage where I want to be a little bit more like, you know, just sleeping around than usual. Then th- those are just the things that I put out there. Yeah. Um, don't fuck cops. Don't fuck cops. Or comics. A <laughs> cast. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Or <laughs> All comics, comics who are, are cops. Or cops who are comics. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst 
Lethal combination. I'd say don't date comics. Don't date, don't comics. date comics. Yeah. Don't, but then you might you as well fuck. not fuck them. Because no, you could fuck. Because it'll be fun. Yeah. Yo, it's going to be a lot of fun. This actually is going to be good. However. It's a bonding experience. It is. Yeah. Just like got to remove. Yeah. Yeah. Date professional athletes. For example, if you're on the Miami Heat, please reach out reach to out me. To <laughs> <laughs> Five one six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that. <laughs> so, Gabe, we have one last segment called Keeping Up with the Caucasians. Oh, hell yeah. So, you had a little bit of experience, uh, I'm sure, dating and being around white people. So, this segment where we talk about things that white people do and whether we as people of color also do these things. Mm-hmm. So, here are the different categories. You get to choose one, and I'm going to throw something out at you. So, we've got... Food slash beverage, pop culture, activities, style and clothes, phrases or sayings, and miscellaneous. Okay. Uh, white people like gourmet uh, uh, macaroni and cheese. Um, <laughs> I like that you're th- you're volunteering. <laughs> Wait. Do you have a category that you what? want? Uh, I, I was just thinking about mac and cheese. Yes. No, <laughs> I also everything. will eat it. Do you want to do food? I also do. Do you want to do food? <laughs> Let's do food and beverages. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Have you ever done a... Juice fast. No, I have never done that. Uh, but my okay, so my sister is into like holistic healing type stuff, and uh, she would make me drink um, like a milk with turmeric, yes, and uh, cloves. Yep, and uh, she would stir that up when I was sick, and she was okay, like, Okay, yeah, that's not drink but that's, this, but that's like, like, like golden an, uh, milk. Yeah, that's also, yeah, I was gonna say that's also a Pakistani yeah. thing, so it's like that she like yeah. that's. That's what we drink when like turmeric yeah. uh, and chai has all of those like ingredients in it. So yeah. that's actually helpful. also it wasn't the only thing you were having. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't just it like wasn't a like, creamy <laughs> turmeric <yeah>, boy. <laughs> you turned yellow. <laughs> like my mom's like, Mio, what do you have? Jaundice? I'm, like, no, I'm just I'm on this all turmeric Pakistani <laughs> diet. She's like, those aren't your people. And I'm like, I know we're culturally appropriate. Yeah. My my Chicana sister's wearing a sari right now. And we're just fucking living this dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm a nutritionist, so I get that a lot. Like, people, like, do these juice fasts. So, my mom used to do all the things, though. She was very, like, I don't know. She 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 was, like, a health nut. She'd go to all the health food stores. She'd make us eat, like, algae cookies and, like, enzyme <laughs> pills. It's, like, part of the reason I studied nutrition. But um, I'd never done a juice fast. She would do, like, the lemon cayenne whatever thing and like a lot of people just do it but those cold pressed juices are like ten dollars a bottle like what the yeah, fuck who's so paying for that as white people yeah um yeah it's, it's women, not food it's ten dollars uh, women it's also, with ibs yeah also like i love food so much mm-hmm. it's just yeah. one of those things where it's like man like in life we get to like i just want to be grateful for every yeah. meal so i want to fucking eat Food is I such a simple to, pleasure. Yeah. And I know, like, in, especially, like, with, like, entertainment and stuff, like, the thing is always to be, like, so, like, especially for women, like, be skinny or be whatever. And lately I've been, like, nah, like, I just really like food and I would never do a juice. Cl- like, imagine just drinking, She's drinking juice. a green juice right now, by the way. You guys should know. The and eating literally- a big bar because if there was anything else on this table, I'd it? also eat it. What is in your juice? But you're eating too. No, it's just What's matcha. Oh, it's tea. just matcha. Yeah. Okay. That was like a- I just wanted to wake up because I was like home all day. So I was like, I, you yeah, know. That it was like wheatgrass, Papa which is and I were fine. watching like, yeah, no, 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 no. No, matcha's legit. Matcha's, matcha's great. Yeah. yeah. I love matcha. But yeah, juice cleanses just make me sad because like we should enjoy all the food that's given to us. 
because it's a fucking not pay sixty dollars a day to yeah. just live off of liquids that you could also just make at home if you, you really, really want could. to. But those like big like juice press places and all that, I'm like, this is insane. Well, I do take, I do buy a juice when I'm really hungover because I think that that's gonna help me. But now that I'm doing this like sober September minus Friday Ooh. night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably, you know, will just stick to eating uh, just not juices. Yeah. That's great. You made me think about that. My dad used to work for Health and Human Services. So every day, like, we'd look at uh, health disparities um, around the country. Like, Latinos have, like, higher diabetes rates Mm -hmm. of diabetes or, like, uh, cancer in the black community, colon cancer, all these different things, right? So uh, whatever the health fads were... He was both into those, so like uh, he'd be like, "Oh, vitamin E pills are what were are the new thing in the in the cabinet." But also, he would have these like just absurd Mexican uh, health um, like uh, remedies. So I like I'd be hungover, and he'd be like, "Mijo, here you got to drink this menudo," and it was in menudo it was just like tripe soup. Oh, so yeah, it's yeah. like a hot brothy spicy mm, tripe wait, soup. That's actually like, that's really the good. Best. Of yeah. course, yeah, so good. You know, or he'd be like, uh, we're not eating pork anymore, you know, for like a, like a month. Yeah. He'd be like, no, pork. And then, but then we'd go to like a Mexican, um, like little mercado and he'd be like, but look at, they've got like a jar of lard. I got to get this lard ah, to like cook the, <laughs> cook the eggs in. So it'd be like, you know, it's this weird ambivalent, like almost like a dual consciousness yeah. where it was like half of him was like on the health food kick. Yeah. And the other so half my mom was like. Does that too, yeah. Yeah. Sonal, speaking of Sonal, she made me celery juice one night, one day when I was hungover. Uh huh. And I was like, this is not going to help. And she was like, shut up and drink it. <laughs> and it was good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, everyone has like their like I'm weird. I'm all for like add, if that helps you like drink or eat vegetables to do it. But I just think like there is a classist thing about these like fancy juice. Pre- like it's not people yeah. of color usually. And so it's a certain socioeconomic group obviously white and they people. always just take <laughs> they always just take like from us anyway like one of their juices yeah. is, always has turmeric something yeah. always yeah but they <laughs> want to acknowledge it yeah. that it comes from yeah our traditions yep. and our right. things if it was a Pakistani place and they went there they'd be like I don't know this place doesn't feel like clean yeah and honestly they would be right you know uncle <laughs> <laughs> you know uncle's like okay the, the, the fruit was about to go bad but you know what it's so good yeah. my favorite remedy is and I gave I think a mama some sage tea that's oh, so yeah. good just dried sage leaves and um i have some at home from our village in palestine that we grew and so everyone just ships stuff so i that's the only stuff that i use is like stuff that is more like you know in line with our not just in line with our culture but stuff that i do at home like ginger yeah. all that you can do at home i just think it's absurd to like pay like uh, these crazy prices for like, what we're trying juice. to say is that maybe white people shouldn't open any more stores <laughs> a more juice juice fa- yeah. Press places. If you are me. white and you own a juice press place, please give us money. By, yeah, give us money. Um, Sponsor us. <laughs> signing up for our Patreon. So thank you so much. Also, speaking of Patreon, shout out to Doug Mullen who just uh, subscribed to our Patreon. Oh, yeah, Doug. Thank you so much. He's been coming to our shows. Yeah. And just He's been a good awesome. white dude. Good white. Yes. Good white. Good, one of the good ones. <laughs> Hopefully there's nothing we find out about you, Doug. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we what do you feel guilty about? Yeah, uh, yeah. Why are you giving us money? No, please, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, and Gabe, thank you so much for being here. Where can our listeners follow you, find you, anything you want to plug? Yeah, so everybody should uh, subscribe, rate, and review uh, Halal Cartels, Woo! which is the podcast I run with Samir Nassim. It's called Halal Cartels, and it is on iTunes and Spotify. And if you are coming to live comedy shows in... Brooklyn, every Wednesday night at 10 p.m., Pete's Candy Store. The show is Funhouse Comedy. Both Amama and Athir have been it's on it. Best. It's such a good show. It's yeah. absolutely the best. And yeah. I'm taking an Instagram story as we speak. Follow Gabe. Follow yeah. us at No Flyless Pod. Follow me at Athir Yakub. Follow me at Amama Sardar. And thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Canal Street, again for having us. Okay. Woo! Ciao. 